With KD but without Steph, they're 28 and 17. That's a be that's a good team, but a beatable team. Magic should be an owner, a yeah. face of a franchise, with other guys doing it under him. And you know what? Lonzo's gonna learn from that. Your father will learn from that as well. We are going to go through that process together. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard sits with Skip and Shannon to explain why Magic Johnson left the Lakers. We are joined by FS1 NBA analyst Chris Broussard. Chris, it's good we have you with us. So, it is heavy. There are a lot of layers. But how do you explain Magic's decision? Well, the first thing I think is Magic realized and may have realized from the get-go that this job was not for him. Okay, as president of basketball operations, you have to be in the office. You have to be on the phones, talking to agents, talking to other executives around the league. You have to be in dingy gymnasiums in Europe, scouting players. You have to be in dingy college gymnasiums. You know, all these tournaments for college basketball. You have to be doing all of that tedious minutia mm -hmm. that I don't think Magic wanted to do. And with his persona and his other businesses, let's just keep it real. He's bigger than that. He's too big for that. Magic should be an owner, a yeah. face of a franchise, yeah. with other guys doing it under him. So okay. that's... Now... He realized that, I think, number one. The second part of that is, it's one thing to know that and go along with it and nobody's criticizing you and it's just kind of going, you're magic, everybody loves you. He was getting crushed for it. Like, he was getting a lot of scrutiny, a lot of criticism. So to be in a job you really don't want to do right. and to be getting killed for it in your city, in your franchise, mm -hmm. and then people in your franchise talking behind your back, saying this and that. I think all of that got to him. So I think that's legit. But there's two big elephants in the room. The first I'm going to address with Jeannie Buss. And I know, look, Magic said she gave him... He clearly made it, you know, point that he was going to fire Luke. Okay. okay? Without actually saying it that directly, it was clear. He said Jeannie was going to give him the power to make the decision. Other reports said that as well. But... I wonder, they met for three hours the they day did. before. Sure. Did I, I, it makes you wonder, did he say, I'm going to fire him? And she was like, no, you're not. Or was she just so distraught that it bothered him? Something happened with them. I got to believe sure, she's she was why, not on board. With right. Him. She was yes. not. What, what makes me, what Magic did yesterday was wrong. To not tell her, yeah. right? One to tell the media. Yeah. That, that's what makes me think something happened, an I argument, agree. I don't know. Something. Come on. Maybe Polinka was part of this also. Maybe he wanted Polinka out. Right, okay, okay. that's, that's a fair too. Something I mean, but happens. something had to happen for him to do it the way mm -hmm. he did it. The other elephant in the room is this ESPN article that Magic alluded to, that the LA Times alluded to. I, there has been talk for months, months, that an article ESPN is working on is coming out about Magic's treatment of people in the organization. Mistreatment. Mistreatment. Yeah. I heard about it, I can't remember if it was late November or early December. Oh. I had come, and I was told it was coming out within weeks of that time. Mm -hmm. I came to the conclusion before yesterday, oh, the Lakers and the league 
got ESPN not to do the article. Wow. Because the league is partners with ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. So I, now, I might, ESPN doesn't have to do it, but I felt like the league had talked them out of it. Come you on, this is, a, this is one of our big ambassadors. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. I mean, who's bigger than Magic Johnson in the right. NBA? Now, I don't by, know if by the, the way, article's just coming quick out. Quick point of order. He he acknowledged it to the LA Times last night. He yeah. knew all about it. He right. said, I know that article is not an accurate article. So he's reinforcing the validity of it's out there. Right. It's coming. And is right. it coming? Now, right. when I was first told about it, I was told it's a situation where Magic might have to step down. Ooh. Wow. Right. So we'll see if the article comes out or not. But that's the elephant in the room. Yep. Not no sexual allegation, just the treatment. I don't know. I don't know any of those details. But wow. it, th- this is all about just mistreatment of employees, right. and, and he's dismissing them as former disgruntled employees that he fired. Right. Right. I mean, look, I've been around Magic a lot. I worked with him at ESPN closely on the show. I've never seen anything like that right. with Magic. Not even mistreatment. Mm. Every time I've been around Magic, he's just been great. Yeah, he's been, he's been great. I have nothing negative to say right, about which him. Is, which is why he told the LA Times, ESPN should interview people at ESPN right. because I worked there twice. Right. Okay? Well, that was the thing you and I yeah. talked about. Yeah. I, I've, I've met Magic for the first time back in the mid-'90s, and the very first time that I met him, he made me feel like I've known him for 25 years. Yeah. Like when he came here last year at the beginning of the season, Skip, mm-hmm. and saw him that on the desk. But go ahead, Skip. Well, and Magic went on to say, am I a tough boss? You better believe. Am I right. demanding? You, you better believe I'm right. demanding. But mistreatment is going over the Forward, edge and, right. and out of bounds, and I have no idea, but I think this is a reason that he stepped down. But to reinforce your point, it, if he did not inform two people, Jeannie Buss and LeBron James, that he was going to do this, something is really wrong with this picture. He was not happy with the way things are going. And I agree with every point you just made, and Shannon and I talked about it earlier. He finally just woke up and said, I'm better than all this. He was getting crushed, rightfully so, accurately so, for so many of the moves that he just swung and missed on. You know, he had Lou Williams to start with, and he let him go. And then Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell and... Brooke Lopez, and we can just get Zubots, and we can just go on and on and on. I don't want to pile on magic, but it was not going in the right direction. I also think he's seeing the handwriting on the wall next year. It's it's just not working. Like, he's not convinced of what he was saying because he just went on and on last night about, we're one superstar piece away from contending for a championship. Well, if he really believed that heart and soul, he's not walking away from this. And so I, I believe was, he could land that one right. piece. Well, that's a huge piece. It's not, it's not a role player. No, he said we need piece. a couple of role players, but we right. need that one big right. piece. But he said that's how close we are, and he's raving about these kids. You know, all Kuzma and Bi and Lonzo and Josh Hart. He just went on. He capsuled each one of them what their strengths are. Well, if if you love them that much, you're not walking away. Right. And if you want to go mentor. Ben Simmons, or congratulate Russ for his third straight triple-double via Twitter. Well, well, then why wouldn't you want to work with these kids? You you have them right on the precipice of all being good to great, right? Right, right? Okay, why would you walk away? Because behind the scenes, he did not like what was happening. He he wanted Luke gone, and she, didn't. she resisted. It's, it's simply she that resisted. she did. You don't think she... 
forbidding to do it. I don't know. It could be because they had a big three-hour meeting and something did not come out right in that meeting. Mm -hmm. And remember, he also reportedly had, a, Magic did, a three-hour meeting on Saturday, Saturday with LeBron and Rich Paul, and Polinka was sitting in that one. And they got no indication. They got no indication, talk, yeah. but but I'm, I'm going to guess that Magic just decided, I don't like what I'm hearing from LeBron. I believe Magic woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm not the most powerful man in this franchise. He is. LeBron is, because he just is. And I think that LeBron always says, I knew exactly what I was getting into when I came here. I don't think Magic knew what he was getting into with all of the above. And so for, for him not to tell Jeannie and not to tell LeBron, he was angry about something. He, he just wanted out. This was a knee-jerk um, flashpoint decision. He woke up yesterday and said, you know what? I'm just going to go announce it. So he walks into Staples Center, and the media is just milling, waiting for player availability, and he just waves them all over and says, hey, guess what? I'm stepping down. <laughs> well, well, that he says, I'm happy, but he was relieved happy. The, the big picture is... Happy it's over. He's right. happy it's over. <clears throat> he's angry about all of the above. And in the end, it's just like what happened when he tried to coach. Mm -hmm. He start, it's, it mirrors exactly what happened. They started out with a bang. This is the end of the 93-94, so it's a 1994. And yep. he's, he's coaching some of his former teammates, James Worthy and Kurt Rambis and Michael Cooper. And they start out, they win five out of six. Oh, I'm a superstar coach too. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they start to lose, and they lose <laughs> they 10 in a row. Losing. They lose 10 straight games. <laughs> and by the end of the year, he says, you know what? This right. isn't for me. This I'm out because they're not as committed as I was as a player. They got this early cell phones, but they, you know, they're, they're, what would they used to call the, the beep to the, oh, yeah, yeah. beepers, 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 pagers, pagers. Yeah, pagers. Yeah, they started going off in the meetings. Right. It's like, I didn't have a pager, right? Yeah. Like so he was angry about that. And I'm sure he's still looking at these kid players today. They don't get it. You know, they don't get it. So the handwriting on the locker room wall is, we're going nowhere slowly next year. It's not going to be any better than it was this year. I'm out. I'm Magic Johnson, and I'm not going to associate with this. And it's a lot. A lot A lot of landing of free agency is good luck because when you look at it, with the exception of Shaq, the Lakers haven't landed any big-time free agents. No, you're right. With the exception of Shaq, and that was in 1996. Yep. So this notion that free agents line up to go to the Lakers yep. is not true. Right. They got Shaq, and LeBron moved in. Yep. They didn't get him. Kareem he demanded a trade. Right. So right. this notion that, oh, Fred just lined up. And, Skip, I think he a lot of it's good fortune. Mm -hmm. KD knocked on Golden State's door. Chris Paul says, I want to trade me to Houston, and I'm staying. Mm -hmm. So this notion that, oh, these big guys just move all over the place, no. And that's what a lot of this, a lot of these deals, you know, can't be tampering. What's going to transpire July 1st? Yep. It's being talked about right now. Right. This ain't gonna be, there ain't nobody moving. No needles. Ain't nobody making up their mind nope. June 30th. Yep. They're making up their minds now. They're thinking about right. what they're doing. Oh, you're and right. Magic needed to be, and like I said, Jeannie hired Magic to do what Magic hired people to do in his company. Mm -hmm. Y'all oversee the day-to-day -day operation and let me do what I want to do. Well, Magic <laughs> was doing what he wanted to do. What Jeannie hired him to do, you're supposed to be there. As you said, Chris, in the gymnasium, the grunt work. Man, I'm worth $800 million. Right, right. I'm in a, I'm in a smelly gym. You don't mm -hmm. think about that part of the job. Right. It's a lot it's that not goes It's a glamorous in. job. No. And then you, you're Magic Johnson. It's not easy to pick talent because, like he said, no Magic, no, the average guy, what made you different was your dedication. Do you think that you'll have 13, 14 guys as dedicated as you? 
You wouldn't lose a game, man. Come on. Next, Antoine Walker joins Nick and CeCe to dissect Steph Curry's new injury. Oh, without question, he's the most important part of that team to me. When he's healthy and playing at a high level, uh, makes it really easy for Kevin Durant to do his thing. Mm -hmm. Offensively now, he doesn't see as many double teams. And now, now the floor just really opens up. So this is the tough part about, about playing the last couple games of the season, and we wonder why coaches sit guys and want to be fresh. Um, this game had no bearing you know, on mm -hmm. it, and then now he gets the injury. And now he's still, he's still in the process. He can't go as hard as he got. He's got to rest now to get that ready for game one. It may take him a couple games to get that back to 100%. So that's a big part. And if it's nicked up a little bit going into that first series, I mean, you're playing a month straight of the most competitive basketball that they've played all year. So it's not necessarily always that injury, but then the wear and the tear between these series. So then it becomes important, man, how quick can they close guys out? You know, so that they can continue to get rest. It, the ideal situation for every player is going into the playoffs 100% healthy. And that last night, it can alter the rest of the NBA, the championship, trying to three-peat. And Steph Curry's the most important warrior. There's all the numbers confirmed. They are, listen, with Steph and without KD, since this team came together over the last three years, they're 29-4. and four. They have a better winning percentage in those games than they do the regular games. With KD but without Steph, they're 28 and 17. That's a be that's a good team, but a beatable team. We right. know whether or not you think KD's better than Steph. Who's more? That's debatable. Who's more important is not debatable. Now I don't want to overreact to this because maybe he'll be 100% a week from today. Like you know what I mean? And even without Steph, they can win their first round series no matter who they're playing. But this we said, see, when we were grading their season, we said what were their goals? Get the one seed in the West, ideally the one seed overall, yes. but the one seed in the West, and to be fully healthy going into the postseason. We thought that was going to be the case. Mm -hmm. We talked about it two days ago. Now there's a little asterisk next to And the, the, we have to watch, too, anytime Steph has anything to do with his feet. If he had banged his knee or something, not as much caution because he hadn't had problems with his knee. If he had a problem with his shoulder, something else, we wouldn't be. But Steph's ankles, Steph's feet, especially wearing them under armor shoes, <laughs> like it, 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 it presents a different set of, wow, he has struggled with this before. And is this something that cropped up from something old? Well, it's actually was kind of shocking that Steve Kerr would be playing these guys because they, they locked up the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. Man, they, they can't obviously they can't get to Milwaukee, but they got the Western Conference locked up. Mm -hmm. And you thought maybe he would sit them, but you do have to be cautious with Steph um, and his ankles because they are sensitive. He, he can e easily have a relapse, and it can linger on throughout the playoffs. Right. I think that Steve Kerr, he, he set part of them last night and was going to sit the other part of them tonight, and Steph was going to sit tonight, so he wasn't going to play. So that's what he was really trying to do. Who steps up? In case Steph can't go early on. Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, go well, ahead. No, I know. I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm thinking at the point guard position. I mean, oh. Quinn Cook is a guy that plays some serviceable minutes for you last year in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. He wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, Kevin Durant will have to go on one of those tears offensively and be more aggressive. Boogie Cousins going to the, the post. Because, see, you can't replace his ball handling. You can't replace the depth for which he's going to shoot. But Clay does a little more. Boogie Cousins becomes more part of the offense. Let's go with a post up. But ultimately, they got Kevin Durant. He can clear it out. He can take anyone in the NBA. So yeah, I mean, listen, we're the we. I think the Warriors would have real trouble against the Rockets with a less than 100% Steph Curry, right? Because we yes. saw them have oh, trouble yes. with the Rockets Absolutely. last year. And once Iggy went out in that series, that was a big moment in that series. That's one of the few postseason injuries they've had to deal with. But 
We are talking about next year, Kevin Durant plus one star-level player going to New York and making them championship contenders. All right, Kevin Durant, you got yourself, and if there's no Steph, two star-level players, Clay and Boogie, you should be fine up to anywhere you play other than Houston, which is built to beat you. Like, this is this is not a concern for them to me in this first round, whether they play the Clippers, the Spurs, or the Thunder. It's if it lingers past that, or as C mentioned, if he has another injury because of it. Like, when I, by the way, why were they able to get Kevin Durant? Because of Steph's ankles. They got Steph on a discount contract mm -hmm. years ago because people were worried mm -hmm. about the long-term health of his ankles. Kerr called this an ankle sprain. The team called it a foot sprain. They're also saying he's going to be back for game one. I don't, I don't think this is a significant injury, but they might be lying to us. We'll find out game one of the postseason Saturday or Sunday. So, Antoine, I ask you, should the Rockets be worried about having to face the Thunder possibly in the postseason? I believe, I believe so because this is a tough matchup for them. They match up really well with Houston. Now, some things will have to take place if this series um, was to happen because, obviously, OKC, I don't know if they can muster up enough offense to keep up with Houston. They made 16 threes last night. I don't think that's OKC's game, mm -hmm. making, making threes. Mm -hmm. um, then, obviously, the rebounding. They, they won the rebounding game. But what scares you, if I'm Houston, Russ can have one of those nights mm -hmm. and beat you. Paul George can have one of those nights yep, and beat you. Two. And you can have a <laughs> night where you don't hit threes if you're Houston. And you can take care of home. Right. Like they did last night. So you, this would be a tough series. And you want to, you know, last night, I mean, no Houston went in to avoid it. But it was, it was almost a must-win situation. And when you're trying to get yourself prepared to make the best run possible to, to win a championship, you've got to avoid certain teams. I talked to you guys a month ago about this, about us avoiding the Chicago Bulls mm. when I was with the Miami Heat. The first year we played the Heat, and with the Heat we played the Bulls, they took us six games the year we won a championship. The next year they swept us. Our roster didn't change much. <laughs> and they swept us. So you got to avoid certain teams that have your number. And I think it's also to the fear test. I don't think OKC is scared to play Houston. Oh, I, don't think I think OKC's, they'll welcome that. I don't think OKC is scared of anybody. And there is an element of if you draw the Clippers in, this, in the playoffs this year, even though the Clippers, Spurs, and Thunder essentially have the same record and have for the last month or so, there's an element for the Clippers of, oh, my God, we made the playoffs. Like, what? We traded away right. our best player. What an amazing accomplishment mm -hmm. for this team. If you draw the Thunder, there's a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. yes. Like, we got knocked out in the first round yep. last year. Yep. We, are, we have something to prove. And they are one of only six teams in the NBA that has multiple All-Stars. Like, you're going to – not a lot of teams have the two guys because one team in Golden State's got five of them. So mm -hmm. there's not as many to go around. The Rockets have to be really internally disappointed about what happened last night. They controlled this entire game. The biggest lead the Thunder had was two points. The Rockets were up 13 going into the fourth quarter. And if the Rockets win, they are going to be the two seed. They are going to have their best possible path to facing the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. It's not just now they could face OKC in the first round. It's now, depending on what happens with Portland and with Denver this evening, the Rockets could be the fourth seed wow. and be looking at, because the Rockets season's over. That was their last game of the year last night. They could be looking at Golden State in round two, which no, no matter how you, how you spin it, if the Rockets go from Western Conference Finals losing to Golden State to this year's second round, losing to Golden State, it will be considered a major disappointment, even if it's the same team knocking them out. Yeah, and if all those people that you're jealous of because they vote on the MVP because you don't have a vote, <laughs> we're working on that, young fella. Uh -huh. But if, if all those people hold out their vote and you realize Giannis, 
winning over 60 games, first seed in the NBA overall, and then now Houston's the fourth seed. Right. Does that affect a couple of a couple votes here or there? It should because Giannis might be defensive MVP, so that would be the first note. My second note would be I would be concerned about Chris Paul and Harden and the matchups going against OKC because I believe in a five- to seven-game series that it would take its toll on them. Could they do that four times? Now, we know he might be able to do it one or two times, so Chris Paul, more in particular because of Harden, his workout regimen, and he has shown, shown the overall endurance, but... Paul George is going to make it tough for him. And I know Chris Paul, when they play against OKC, they try to have him guard some of the non-offensive players. But, man, Russ would wear him out physically over the course. So I don't like the matchups. And I, th I believe that, you know, OKC presents a number of problems. But for the backcourt of Houston, would it, would the, the, the toll that it would take on them for the whole series. I mean, OKC... From five to eight, you don't. No team want to play them They're at the back end of that because they do have two all stars. Because they do have Russ and, and and Paul George, two guys that are very capable of winning games by themselves individually in a playoff series. But also, it's just a matchup. If you really think about it, they can switch one through five. They can do the same thing. They both have centers that are mobile, that are active, mm -hmm. which both teams pick and roll a lot. It's just a bad matchup in a seven-game series. And the other element, and this is why I, I imagine folks in Houston were tossing and turning all night, the other element is if the Rockets win, this might sound obvious, the Thunder lose, right? The Thunder then would be in line for the eight seed. That would mean all of a sudden Golden State, with Steph Curry mm -hmm. on maybe a bit of a gimpy foot, he's got to chase Russ around for a couple weeks. That's a and they're great a little point. More, that, could be a, that could be a six-game series. Of course, right. and they're a little more worn out. And they're a little now. OKC still could get the eight seed, but it's going to take a lot of things to have to fall perfectly tonight. The Rockets were in position to have, despite the beginning of the season being such a disaster, remember the Carmelo Anthony experiment? Mm -hmm. That blew up in their face. All the injuries were the two seed. Golden, we're going to play in the first round, either San Antonio, which is overachieved, or the Clippers, who have way overachieved, while Golden State's going to have to take on OKC, which is going to be mm. a pain. Now they're staring at maybe the, they still could be the two, but likely the three, maybe the four, and they've got to deal with the pain that is Oklahoma City. Like, that is... It was that final two minutes of the fourth quarter last night have a big impact, man. Russ was outstanding in the fourth. Harden had his worst quarter maybe of the year. Didn't make a shot after playing well throughout the whole game. It's a huge missed opportunity for Houston. And if that be the taste in their mouth going in the playoffs, it just, depending on how tonight falls, they could regret it majorly. Now, Eddie House and Chris Haynes joins Whitlock and Wiley to break down Lonzo Ball and what's next for the big baller brand. Who, who should we believe? <laughs> Should we believe you, Chris, or should we believe the L.A. Times? Somebody lying. Somebody. <laughs> Sources. Hey, mm -hmm. I'm sticking with my report. I, I, had, I had it that, um, that LeVar actually met with multiple agents. I uh, mean, interviewing, you know, these potential agents for the, um, take on his, his son. And I was told that in these interviews, he's asking if they have the power, the clout, to pair, you know, to get all three of his sons on the same team. Mm. And so he's very much still involved. It was initially, the, the, the plan initially was for Lonzo to be his own man, to go out there and start making his own decisions. Then LeVar got back into the picture. I don't know how and why he did got back into the picture, but that's when things started to crumble. And then after that, that's when his agent, Harrison, um, Harrison Gaines, parted ways after that. And I was told that LeVar's emergence has something to do with that. So I'm sticking with 
Now, without knowing the full details of those meetings, on its surface, I don't like your father being in those meetings. Being a guy, being a player, uh, uh, just knowing what that exchange is like, that is actually an employee of you, the player, not the other way around. You, they work for you. I would like to see Lonzo take full control of that. Outside of that, I'm not into this let's shun your father to show that you have full responsibility and you're a man. Through this process, uh, the maturation process he goes through, you just went through a scandal, you just went through a situation where you, you suffer from financial fraud. Somebody got you. They got your father as well. Uh, Lonzo's going to learn. your father recommended. Okay, respect. And you know what? Lonzo's going to learn from that. Your father will learn from that as well. We are going to go through that process together. Because if we're going to get into now the damning of a family or the breaking up of a family because you went through an issue like this, you know how many players have gotten, got before? You know how many businessmen, successful people? You don't break up the family because somebody pulled the wool over your eyes. You learn from it, and then we reset, recalculate, and do better. I can't get upset at a, a man <clears throat> wanting to be there for his son to make sure that he doesn't get got again, mm -hmm. you know? Because this decision of, of finding an agent... That you help. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, but look at though. At, but look though. Right. That's a good point. But look though. But that's that, if you feel I, I'm a I'm a father. I'm a father. So if uh -huh. I feel that my son is not ready for certain things, yeah, I'm gonna be there trying to give him as much advice as I can. And if I, at sometimes I need to take the reins, then I'm gonna do that until I feel like he's ready to do it on his own. And I think uh, we we keep condemning Levar for being a father and being an on hand father. And then a lot of times on the flip side, people talk about the father's never there. So we got a guy who's there, mm. who's trying to do do the best he can for his kid. That's what he's doing. Maybe he's going about it the wrong way. This is his first time being in this situation. Yeah. I, I so gotta... he's learning on on the fly as well. But I think that once he feels that Lonzo is ma mature enough, we got to remember he's just barely out of college and out of high school. Yeah. He's got a kid now though, and so that makes him a father. I, I, I'm gonna say this, and I'm. My father rests in heaven. One of the greatest human beings that ever walked the planet. One of the greatest fathers. Love him to death. But I can say this about my father. There was a point in time, and I was a little older than uh, Lonzo is, but there was a point in time where my father made a mistake. Didn't uh, run in his business. He didn't tell me about it until the day it was due that $18,000 had to be paid. Mm. That's when he called and looped me in on something that had been going on for a year. And I had to fix the problem, and, and I did. But that changed the dynamics of our relationship moving forward. And it's like, now I'm the shot caller. Moving forward, you call no shots. 18,000 to do that. <laughs> it changed, you know. 18,000 reasons. <laughs> I, I think you looked at that situation the wrong way, and you should have had a greater respect for your father. I've been in that same position, not with my father, but I looked at it the same way you did, and I said, oh, we know who's running this going forward. But here's the way I learned to look at it. Your father took so much pride in being the man to you. He didn't want that bailout. Imagine he's in the middle of the ocean and he's, he's drowning. And he's like, before I tell my son to come out here and risk anything, I'm gonna try and save myself. And he went to all the way to the deadline of that. And then he came to someone he helped create to say, you know what, let's save this. I had no problem. Respect for that. So why yeah. would the dynamic have to change? Because you know your father was just sitting there with because a lot of pride. I, re I reached the conclusion, justify, because that wasn't the last bailout. 
There was another. There was 15. <laughs> hey, there was let's get to, let's get to the root of it. That, that's what it was. Habitual. And he just gave us the top layer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't get deep with it. Right. It's levels to this. Chris, at some points you have to realize, like, yeah, hey, I, this. There were things he was able to do before. As he got older, I needed to take mm -hmm. more control and be the shot caller, because that's who he raised me to be. Yeah. And th that changed the dynamics of our relationship. And I don't share that story mm. in any way to embarrass my father. He's passed, and, and again, I'm telling my father was awesome and a big part of my success. And I owed him everything that I did for him later in life. I, I have no regrets, no nothing about that. But I'm just saying, Lonzo may have reached the point, given the situation with the guy getting ripped off, that he's going to have to step up and say, you know what? The dynamics have changed. I, I'm a father now. I got to be the shot. But caller. that's if he's ready and mature enough to do that. I mean, you got to remember, just because you have a kid don't make you a father and a man. You're still trying to learn. He's, a, he's so well, super. that's a problem. He's super young. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, you mm -hmm. got to think three years ago, he was in high school. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't... I, three years out of high school, I'm not sure if I would trust my, my son fully if I don't feel like... I'm going to do everything I can you to prepare him. You know you're more qualified than LeVar, though, right? I mean, you if in the same... If your son makes it to the NBA, you're, you've got a bit more qualification. I have a little more... Cap, yeah, but at the same time, I'm not more qualified to be a father and have the, the responsibility of making sure my son doesn't fall into any kind of pitfall or uh, doesn't make another... The same mistake. So but, I... But, right. Eddie, but go back to you, make the same mistake. Let's, let's not forget, LeVar spearheaded this unconventional path of entering the league and trying to start your own brand and get your own shoes. Now, there are some financial issues that I've been told about that's going on with the situation. So why would you, again, want to trust your father and allow him to go and pursue the next agency? And, and Out of risk. Well, I also think this, though. Lonzo might have more say in this decision than he did in any other decisions yeah. he had before. So we got to give him an opportunity to do that. We got to give him opportunity to mature. Right now, we knocking it like Lonzo's not saying nothing. Maybe he wasn't ready to say something. Maybe everything that LeVar has been doing has been preparing him to move forward and be a man. I think once he sees that, he, uh, LeVar step back. Now he's in championship mode, and he's going to get Anthony Davis and Larry Bird and the ghost of Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar all to come back Will and come play in? for the Lakers. Is Will, Will coming? Will as well. Will, Will uh, going to bring him. Championship Cole, mode. You, you optimistic about championship mode or championship mindset, uh, Marcellus? Oh, man, this is sad. <laughs> I didn't think, fan. I didn't think LeBron would get caught up in yelling at the noise. <laughs> like, yelling at the naysayers. Like, does, he knows. Because, one, you've been to eight of the last nine finals, let's include this year. LeBron. Those superstars don't listen to that channel. They don't watch Channel Zero. You're talking to fans now. You're talking to the ones who can't help you. Everyone who knows you, LeBron, knows you about that life. They know that you are a champion in spirit and in effort. Not who, anymore. Who are you talking to now? No, no, this is when you're somewhere and you're hearing criticism. And like DJ Khaled always said, they. He's talking to they. But who you need to be talking to is just a couple of dudes. Kawhi, KD, that's a short list. And they don't even need to hear it because they know who you are. It's sad to see him talking into the wind to this noise. Well, you, he hasn't missed the playoffs since 2005. So you got to think how his mind is working right now. Like, this is uncharted territory for him. You know, he's usually being successful. So this is a little bit of adversity as far as you're not as successful as you thought it was going to be. So this is his way of motivating himself. Like, you know what? It's championship mode right now. This is what we're trying to do. How do you attract 
people to come work with you. Say we're gonna have the best, we're trying, we're striving for the best. I need you so we can be the best. That's all he's doing. He's setting the, uh, the groundwork so he can recruit this summer. And if they don't land two top free agents this summer, it's gonna be hard, hard pressed for him to get back because just what they have right now, I think really what they need to look for if they can get a point guard as far, and I'm not saying that Rondo and Lonzo can't do it, but like a, a Dame Lillard, like that type mm. of mm. A point guard that Lord. can go out there and score, but then also make plays that he can dictate to, to the defense. Talking to my guy, Dame. I, I, okay. All right. <laughs> Bring it. So let me say this. So this is, this is going to be an unusual situation for LeBron this summer because, you know, I covered him in Cleveland. I, I know LeBron in this regard is that he doesn't recruit outwardly. Most of the reason why he didn't do that was because he was in Cleveland. And, and it was like a sooner or later, like it was like a couple, few years back, he finally admitted, like, look, I recruited everybody. Hmm. Nobody wanted to come to Cleveland. Yeah. And, but it was also, it was also, it, they didn't want that perception that God, like he struck out on outwardly recruiting. Now he's putting himself out there <clears throat> and saying, look, I'm in a championship mindset when it comes to recruiting guys. I just think that this summer, I just don't like their trajectory. I, I don't like, I, I think when you're looking at all the top free agents out there, I think they're directly linked to other teams, not the Lakers. For, for them and the Lakers, I think AD is their only saving grace. They got to get that trade done. They need more yeah. than that, though. But no, but that's the first domino. Once you get that, then you can start adding pieces from there. But if that AD doesn't come to fruition, and then Kyrie stays in Boston to go to New York, KD stays in Golden State to go to New York, Kawhi stays in Toronto to go to the Clippers, who's left? Right. Who's left that's going to move the needle? So this summer is really big. And if he's going out there and saying, I'm a public rec recruit, and he strikes out, we, we think his, his, um, his um, what is it? What is it? His percentage, what? They got Kobe above him. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, Gold snap. Yeah, Gold snap. It, it's going to diminish dramatically yeah. after that if they strike out. Following, Skip and Shannon discuss Dwayne Wade's career in his final game in Miami. Uh, Shannon, how will you remember Wade's career? He's an all-time great. He's a top 50 player, Skip. He's the third best shooting guard all-time behind, <clears throat> obviously, Jordan and Kobe. Um, his greatest moment, Skip, came in that 2006 finals. They were down 0-2. Yep. And in the next four games, he averaged 39 points a game. Averaged about 35 points for the series. He averaged about 35 free throws a game. <laughs> yeah, oh, they should have stopped fouling him. <laughs> they had no answer because remember, Skip, in the fourth, what, the fourth quarter, they were down with yeah. like five or six minutes to go, about 10 points, and he just like, no, I'm not going. And I think his famous words were, I'm not going out like this. Correct. And he took over the game. He's great. Uh, finals MVP, 13-time All-Star, eight times All-NBA, three-time All-Defensive player. But I think what makes D-Wade different and what we're starting to see, Skip, is – Great to be good on the court, mm -hmm. but when guys start branching, what they do in the community, mm -hmm. because what he means to that Miami community, Oof. they embraced him from day one, and Dade County became Wade County. And you look at LeBron. LeBron grew even more once he started doing things off the court, and D. Wade has been doing things off the court in Miami. He's had an unbelievable career. His body let him down somewhat, Skip, because he yeah. played so hard. Yep. Every, every game, he was diving on the floor for loose balls. The greatest shot blocker for a guard in NBA history. Mm -hmm. So his place in NBA lore mm -hmm. is intact. He had nothing else to prove. He had made peace with the decision. I'm yep. going home. Got a wife now. Got a new baby girl. Mm -hmm. I got kids that's going to high school. Zaire's son, I think he's 16. Let me go home, mm -hmm. be a dad. I've been away long enough. 
I'm coming home. Mm. And the, the turnout was unbelievable. And guess what? For the first time, the Miami Heat fans showed up early. Because you know they don't normally show up to like third quarter. And then if they lose, they leave right shortly after that, kind of like they did in the finals game. Yep. But this was a great moment. I, I, I'm glad I got an opportunity to see this young man play. Mm -hmm. He was special and uh, a very fitting end to a career. I echo every word you just spoke and then some. In all my years of watching, covering, talking about the Nas National Basketball Association, I have never seen anything quite like Dwayne Wade. Mm -hmm. He can't be more than about 6'4", because I've stood next to him, and I, sometimes I'm not even sure he's 6'4". Maybe say three. Maybe. <laughs> he had the impact of a 6'9 man. He did. And I want to be clear about this. This is the, uh, a similar syndrome to me as how I feel about Tom Brady. I am not, as you know, a New England Patriots fan, but I've always been a Brady fan. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Heat fan but I have always been in awe of this man. Yep. Because to me, if his knees had held up after 2006, like Pat Riley says, he was the best player in the league in 2006, and I buy that 1,000%. Yep. But remember, while he was at Marquette, he had two of those prehistoric knee surgeries, yeah, yeah. the kind where they cut you. They fillet you. Yes, they <laughs> fillet you. It's not the arthroscopic where they can go in with the little, little tiny camera dude. and you have this little tiny hole that goes away and you don't even have a scar right. from arthroscopic. Correct. He got cut twice. And we find out once we get inside what, yeah. what we're looking for. Oh, oh we found that. <laughs> and and it's, it takes six months just to recover from the scar on yes. the outside. Yep. Okay, so he never quite recovered from those two because they just ate at his, what was left of his cartilage was right. just sure. gone and he got bone on bone by yep. 07, 08. Mm -hmm. and, and it hurt my eyes because to me, Dwayne Wade's impact on defense as well as offense was Jordan-esque. Yes. And you know, as big a Jordan fan, it's hard for me to say that, yes. but it was Jordan-esque. Yes. Like you said, nobody as a two guard could block shots like Dwayne could. Mm -hmm. He was a rim protector yep. at six feet, three and a half inches tall. Mm -hmm. Nobody could disrupt on defense any greater than Jordan right. did. The, this guy was in the right. ballpark, yeah. right? He was up there. And on offense as a clutch playmaker, he was kind of in the same breath with Michael Jordan. And he, he was. And Skip, and the thing was, what hurt what hurt the most is that his style was attacking the rim. Yeah. Where if your knees are bothering yeah. you, you yeah. can't elevate and attack the rim like you once could. I agree. But his biggest contribution, Skip, might have been what? His unselfishness. Le well, I was going to say, Le what he did for LeBron was, it, it was special. What he did was not only embrace LeBron in Miami, but he took a back seat. He did. Now, uh, he think said, about I'm Robin. I'm, I'm good. Okay. So very few, very yeah. few people have been able to do that. I think the the uh, he might be the second greatest guy to do that. I think Kareem taking a backseat to Magic, Magic because when Magic got there, you got people don't realize this. Kareem had five MVPs before Magic set foot in the NBA. In Magic's rookie year, Kareem won the MVP again. He did. So he had six MVPs, and he said, "You know what? He he the guy." But Magic paid nothing but respect to, he called him Cap. Cap, in Cap Captain. Yeah. What okay. you want, Cap? Hey, yeah. we run, I, I know we getting up and down. Get on the block, I'm going to give you a couple of you things. <laughs> but for D-Wade to do that, Skip, how many times you see a guy? Mm -hmm. That's what, Steph Curry's another one. He turned, hey, KD, go ahead, bro. Do you. Okay, but Steph knew, I, I need this. Yes, yes. Okay? Well, I think Dwayne Wade, he wanted more championships also. He, he knew did. that he could get more championships with LeBron than without. 
But, but he, it says something. You have to show him how. Yeah. And once he showed him how, it didn't work the first time around 2011, but in 2012, it worked. I think the biggest thing that D Wade did for LeBron was to told him to be LeBron James. Yep. He said, you're trying to be something that you're not. Yep. You're trying to play a role that I'm better than suited for. Mm -hmm. Let me be Robin. Mm -hmm. You be Batman. You lead this thing. I'll find my place. Mm -hmm. I'll get my buckets. I'm good. You just go be you. And once he did that, because they're such a good friend, Skip, you, the last thing you want to do is step on your friend's toes. That's the last thing Braun wanted to do. Mm -hmm. it, so, and it takes some time your friend telling you, bro, no, nah, you good. Mm -hmm. Do you. I'm going to be all right over here. I'm going to hold this thing down back here. Mm -hmm. And when you need a blow, I'll be ready to take this thing over. But for his career, it's unbelievable. He's not going to get the career. He's not going to get the credit that he deserves because you know why, Skip? He fell right in the middle of Kobe, and he played. He got drafted the same year as LeBron. So he's never going to He just get... wasn't healthy enough. Right. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like any quarterback. And you know what? I got to throw this in just to be totally objective. Mm -hmm. He also fell short of LeBron in this capacity. He never quite learned how to take care of himself the way LeBron did, right? Because he was always just a little bit heavy. I think, a... I think, I think at the end he started yeah. to, but it was too late. The mm, damage had maybe. the damage on his knees had already been done. Yep, mm. I, I agree. But big picture, my takeaway last night that was nothing but love. It, oh. it brought tears to my eyes watching that the end tribute of the game. was unbelievable. Ooh, how they they would bring the 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 Parkland the uh, the school shooting yeah. break brought the yeah. jersey to one of the kids that died and good. somebody brought their cap and gown and says I was able to do this because of you. And then his mom explained that the church and you don't know what this did for a lot of people. Yeah. And I I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching I'm like wow. Yeah. And that's when you realize and I think that's when D Wade realizes that you know what? When they say it's bigger than basketball, yep. it really is because the impact that he had really had nothing to do with the game of basketball. No, he didn't. touched someone's life, and he wasn't dribbling a basketball. And there was no real diva in him. No. There was no condescension like, I'm above you all. It's right. like, I'm just one of you. As soon as he walked out of that arena, he was just d d d d one of the people. Yeah, and he like, oh, he like, oh, oh too. He like on Onk Shaw. One of the people? Yeah, that was a he like on Onk Shaw. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Could have fooled me. I don't Don't know. do that, Skip. Don't do that. See, why you be hating? No, I don't, you, I'm not I don't hating. Say, I don't say anything. When you and Tom, y'all be talking on the phone. And I don't Tom say who? Tom Brady. I don't talk to Tom. You don't talk to Tom? I never talk to oh, Tom. Oh, I mean, you But know, you DM with LeBron. No, whoa, whoa, that's a Skip. You checked in on him today? Hold on, tell me Skip. Why you you okay? Hold on. I tell you things in confidentiality. Yeah. I oh, said, you, you know said what? it on the air. I, I said, you know what? That's going to be between you Skip. You say that in confidence. That's going to be between Skip and I. Yeah. Not Skip and I and I, and, I, I. And, and LeBron. And everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um. Finally, Antoine Walker is back with Nick and Cece to explain how the Lakers move on post-Magic Johnson. Antoine, there's a lot there. We all mentioned all morning that it surprised all of us. It clearly surprised everyone within the Lakers organization. What was your reaction to the news? I mean, obviously, I was surprised like everybody else. Um, I was surprised how he handled it, honestly. When you really think about it, because I, I listened to his comments and you started to go through it to try to figure out what went wrong. One, not to talk to Jenny if you love her so much. Not, not to talk to her and you met with her the day before, I think is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, not to talk to LeBron James, a guy you got to come there and be a part of this thing, and which I'm pretty sure you told LeBron it was going to take 
maybe a couple years to get this thing built up the way you, we need to be to be a championship team. I thought we're all wrong and kind of disrespectful to a certain degree to, to leave on them like that. And then the Laker organization, just to put them in a position now, they have to find another leader um, one day after the season's over with. I think it's, it's tough for Magic. And I love Magic. He's my favorite player. He's one of the guys I've always looked up to. And to do this to this team and organization, I think he's contradicting himself a little bit. It's, it's not adding up the right way. And I know we all could be happy. We want to do things to make ourselves happy. So I respect that part. But there's a right way to go about it. Mm -hmm. There's a right, you know, th that's the thing is, you know, we were, we were joking just moments ago about you not being in Miami last night. If you had decided after the show yesterday, you know what? I need to for me to go to Miami. I know I'm supposed to be on the show tomorrow. It, that would be your right. But you can't just, you can't no show, no call. You'd have to call Keta. You'd have to call and be like, hey, guys, I'm sorry to put you in a rough spot. I got to go do this. Magic at the very end is revealing. He said, this is what's best for me. And I don't begrudge anybody doing what's best for them. But there is a process that adults in big positions are, there's a reason that you, you can work at the local burger joint. You're supposed to give them two weeks notice. Like, I mean, that, that, that's just, that's how it works in any job. The other thing that I thought was telling was, he said, I want to tell Jeannie because I think she'd have talked me out of it. He said that I think that if I had met with Jeannie, we'd have left this conversation with me staying. And I didn't want to stay. So he, you know what I mean? He filed the divorce papers and essentially left town. You know what I mean? We're not going to uh, uh, allow for reconciliation. And I just, I don't think the Lakers necessarily will look back on this as a bad day. I think there's an opportunity for them to get better in that position. But right now, the team, what do, what do the Los Angeles Lakers have other than LeBron James? Do they have a coach? Do they have a team president? Do they have an all-seeing, all-knowing owner? Do they have a second star? Do they have a third star? Do they have a healthy young player in Brandon? Like, what do they have other than LeBron James? And the answer is not that in the Lakers brand and the weather in L.A. is basically what they have right now. Look, I'm about commitment. I'm about being dependable. I'm about my word. If I tell you something, it, it might cut you, but I'm, it's my truth. And... I had a problem in my career because the coach said he couldn't depend on me. So I go out of my way at this stage of my life to make sure that I'm dependable, that even if I have to tell something, somebody something that they don't want to hear, I tell them the truth and, and my commitments to people. I don't overcommit myself. So with Magic, this is unexcusable to me, this part. Not talking to LeBron James after LeBron is going to make the last big move of his career, trusting that to you and the Lakers. He can say what he wants about Jenny Buss being a sister. Don't matter what you call me. It's a matter of what you, how you treat me. When we were trying to get this show together, Nick and I had many a meetings. And I told him, we just talked to his daughter and his wife on the way. Man, I'm committed to your family. I'm committed to going to New York and altering my life. Because, yes, Magic, let me tell you something. Before I did this show, my life was a hell of a lot more flamboyant. <laughs> I had a hell of a lot more fun than what I'm having now, getting up at 3 in the morning, reading the clippings and everything. Yeah, it's a grind. Life's typically more fun when you're not employed. But <laughs> you can get away with it. But I made a commitment, though. 
And if something would happen, and I've been offered other things, and people talk to me about stuff, but I wouldn't talk to, wouldn't do this without you and Jenna knowing exactly what I was going to do and the reasons why. Because I made a commitment, not only to you guys as far as this show, but to your family and your kids and the things that you're trying to do. So Magic just saying, no, you just can't have a press conference and just leave people in limbo. LeBron James, Jenny Buss, the rest of that staff there. So for me, that was that was very he could have he's got a lot more class and has shown a lot more class than the way he went about that right there. I want to go back to what Nick said. What I think the Lakers are still in a good position. I do agree with Magic when you say that. You got the best player in the world, LeBron James. You, I mean, it's the difference when you leaving you know, but you got the best player in the world who still got a lot left in the tank. So you got him. I'm, I'm, I disagree with you with Luke Walton. I think Luke Walton could be a coach for this team. He is, he's been on the staff, which you got to think, he played with Kobe Bryant, so he's been around a superstar. He's obviously been around Phil Jackson, who's been a great coach who knows how to handle those championship teams. And he's been with Golden State. With those three guys, I know it's a, a small sample size of him coaching, and you got three superstars. But he's been around there. Who are you going to bring in that's been around that LeBron is going to really respect? Is that their job is not already taken? Well, the I mean, the, the obvious answer there is Ty Lue. But other than yes. Ty Lue, yeah. not a lot of guys check that box. Right. So right. I, I don't think Luke Walton was the fault. If anybody, you know, if you lose those those LeBron misses 18 games, Rondo misses his games, Kuzma, Ingram, you're going to lose in the Western Conference. The Western Conference is too tough. You got to play those teams four times. You're going to lose. So it's not Luke Walton's fault. He lost. He had some bad losses. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But you got to give the guy a legitimate chance with a healthy roster. The Luke Walton argument is. Are you willing to allow him to learn on the job why you have the best player in the last quarter of it? So that's the thing. Do you have patience for him to grow as a coach? Because I don't believe Luke is an awful coach, but do I have a chance to build a time to build, let it grow? And that's the question, and my answer to that would be no. What, what do you think Magic's biggest mistake was, looking back over, over the last chunk of time? I think when he took over, he should have obviously right away put his coach in play. I know it's very difficult to do. I know you want to respect Luke mm -hmm. Walton, but you got to put your people in play. Regardless, if, if Rob Palenka is your guy, then okay, you got to go. And Rob Palenka wasn't his guy. That's, That's what I'm saying. You got to put your people in play. That's one thing about it. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose with my guys. And if we're not going to be successful, it's going to be with my guys. And Magic knew, or he maybe did not know, the, the responsibility of running the team. You got to go on a road. You got to go on the road, see other teams. You got to go go to these colleges and watch these players play. Yeah, I, I don't know. You got to go to the Final Four. How about yeah. that? Let's do the Final Four. Where was it this year? Minneapolis? Yes. I mean, hell, the Lakers used to play there once upon a time. Might be able to see some good George Mike and highlight. What do you, you got to, GMs in this league are, team presidents are globetrotters. They're going to Spain. Where's Darren Moore now? Greece. Right, well, right now, I think he's in town. But I, it was, we were talking earlier that, Dar that I reached out Daryl a few months ago, and he was in Spain checking on Sergio Yol. Who they listen, when I was ago. criticizing the Rockets, Daryl Morey sat here and said, listen, I got a couple guys that people don't, aren't talking about them now, but they fit our system for what we want to do. He has that little intel that make these little things go because of the information, being on the road, beating the bushes. It's just you, I, I think you, you nailed it, Antoine. 
I think he drastically underestimated the amount of work it takes to be effective in that role. It is different than team owner. It is different than face of a company. It is different. It is you. You have to run the business side of an organization while also running the basketball side of an organization. That's that's two full-time, high-level CEO type of jobs. It seems that there was a part of Magic Johnson that thought he could still play the role of Magic Johnson, but just as the face of the Lakers. I'll go out because it's me. I'll recruit a couple guys. I'll watch a couple games. Maybe I won't tamper as much. And that'll be it. And you're right. There was an obscene amount of work that came mm -hmm. along with it that he saw in he, the end he didn't want to do. He played, the first day when he went in the free agency, he went to LeBron house by himself. So you knew Rob Palenka wasn't this guy. You knew Luke Walk wasn't this guy. He basically let you know, look, I'm going to go in here, LeBron. It's my show. This is how we're going to do it. He didn't go in there with his other guys. I got recruited in college. You get, when a team wants you, it's the owner. It's the GM. It's the head coach. Mm -hmm. You're getting phone calls from everybody. He ain't talked to Luke Walton until three weeks after he signed. So, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't his guy. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.